welcome to Healing 101, the mini bite-sized episodes that are bursting full of information from leading experts and doctors who are here to help us understand difficult topics and teach us about the various ways we might be able to improve our mental health. The point of these episodes is to educate you about different mental health disorders and therapies that you may never have heard of before, because ultimately, the more people know, the more people we can help on their healing journeys. On today's Healing 101, I am talking to Emily Sifas, a specialist addictive behavioral coach, a life coach, and the founder of Sober and Social, a community which offers events and support for those wanting to lead an alcohol-free lifestyle. Emily knows firsthand how daunting it can be to navigate your life without alcohol, to reclaim your hangover-free self, and to deal with sober social situations. So, if you need help with staying on track or you're wanting to transform your relationship with alcohol, then I can promise that this will be a very, very interesting episode and Emily's advice will be invaluable. I'm going to start by asking you a bit about your story and when you started to get into a negative cycle with your own drinking. So, my negative cycle drinking started from the moment that I started drinking. Mine was not a progressive negative cycle, it was a negative cycle. And I was 12 years old when I first had my first drink, which was a WKD blue, and then swiftly moved on to Smirnoff Ice. And it was at um, my auntie's 40th birthday party where I just got overexcited got terribly terribly drunk loved every moment and wake up in the morning and thought oh I definitely could do that again (laughs) and then it continued from there really into my teenage years which was very much blackout and drinking and dangerous drinking until 17 where I found drugs and then that turned into a drug and alcohol cycle until I was 28 and sorted my life out you worked quite closely with alcohol, didn't you? And you sort of have spoken about working in a bar and basically using that as a way of fueling your addiction. So at what point did you yourself start to think, mm, maybe this isn't quite right? Yeah, so I'd always, so from the moment I turned like 18, I got a job in a bar because I was like, brilliant, I can like pour pints, drink pints, probably for free. And I got to be around people and I love people because I'm such a people person. So I was always going to go into something in hospitality that was very probably booze related, which I then also did later on as well. That started, I suppose, in my teenage years, I didn't necessarily see it as a problem. But obviously on, on reflection, it was. But the first time that I thought I need to get help or that I need to stop doing this was when I was 25 where I started to really notice that my mental health wasn't great, that I was in a negative cycle with it, um, and that I would go through these different stints of drinking and not drinking. So it was a slightly all or nothing, quite an addictive approach. You could either do it to excess or you didn't want to do it at all. Yeah, exactly. I was a very, well, I've actually worked a lot on this, but um, I would have previously defined myself as a very all or nothing person. And that was definitely what my drinking and my drug taking would look like. So when you were in the thick of, say, a drinking stint, what would it typically look like your week? Yeah, so I think like it had always kind of been like this, actually, like whenever I would go out, 
and start drinking, it would probably be like two or three days later that I would stop. So it was very much binges of drugs and alcohol, depending on whether I had work or not. And even if I did have work, I would still go in to work. I don't know how I functioned, but I did Um, manage to function (laughs) and do my job. And then as soon as I would finish, I would start drinking again or be going out with work or there'd always be some excuse as to why. So as soon as I kind of would start drinking, I really would heavily want to pick up drugs and like end up in a cycle. If it wasn't an all night thing, it would be a, a two day thing and sometimes three days. And for me, there it just became a very pointless thing and something that I knew that actually I'm quite happy to say that I'll probably I'll probably never drink again. And that's landed me in a really good space where I feel really positive about my choice. And I feel like I've got a really good overview now of all aspects of alcohol, if you like, um, and able to help other people wherever they're at, essentially. Would you say that a lot of your journey came with age and maturity and being able to have that perspective? Yeah, I think it does make a difference. Like when you get older, obviously you just... I think you just want to make general better decisions for yourself. And you're actually more aware and more conscious of like who you are as a human and like what affects you and what doesn't. So I think there's that element. And I also think the element for me is that, you know, I was really, truly trying to escape myself back then. Whereas I really have, you know, um, when I first got sober, I did go to addiction therapy. I did go to AA for a bit and CA for a bit. And, you know, I created a very strong friendship network around me that don't drink. All of these things were contributing factors and are still contributing factors to A, how I was able to move to a space where I was no longer escaping myself. I was able to deal with my emotions effectively. I was able to feel like I was supported and also more importantly, have a higher purpose and be able to help others, which I think has been a key element as to why I've been able to live hangover free. You know, you just get to a point and you're just like, there's only so many times you can wake up and feel hungover and the night is worth it. And for me, none of those times are worth it. I promised myself on the 6th of April, 2018, that I would never, ever, ever go back to that space, that I'd never have a hangover again. And yes, it's been a lot of work and it's not an easy journey to take. It's a journey of finding out who you are and dealing and and navigating yourself in a way that you've never had to before. And that's not an easy feat for anyone. But all of those reasons are why I'm able to sit here and talk to you and have this really honest conversation today, really, and be in a good space with it. Recovery is messy. There's no two questions about it. I mean, I, it's not this exponential curve that's a clean trajectory you go back two steps, you go forward four, you go back three, then you go forward five, then you go back one. Do you know what I mean? And then slowly the dips start becoming less deep and the highs get less high and you start to find a sense, I guess, of freedom. And as you so rightly identify, having that sense of purpose, which I think is so, so crucial and Mm. finding a network around you that really bolsters you and supports you in your alcohol-free life, which for a lot of people is a real challenge and that leads me on to my question about your friends how did they react when you decided to go alcohol free everyone was really supportive like I generally felt really lucky but you know what I would like to point out is that I recognized very early on that like 
my friends that I've known for a really long time who are like my best friends and like my core friends, they weren't going to stop drinking and taking drugs just because I had. So it was something that I kind of had to factor into my social life, if you like that. Okay, I'm still going to have people in my life doing these things. And how do I navigate that? Number one. But number two, fundamentally, I wanted to surround myself with people that weren't doing those things. And so very proactively, well, A, I started sober and social, which I know probably not everyone's going to want to do with sort of their own like, you know, alcohol free lifestyle brand. But I started sober and social for that very reason. But also, I did go to lots of sober events, right, reached out to people on Instagram, and was really proactive about creating that like, other friendship group, that other community around me. And what that really allowed me to do is because I had that safe space of people that understood me because I had that space where, you know, I could call a friend and go to a yoga class instead of going to Friday drinks or whatever it was. And people that really understood me, it allowed me to then feel okay. And Um, empowered enough to still go out with my other friends and maybe just go for an hour or two hours and then when it did get a bit boozy or I was just a bit bored because you know the things that you enjoyed when you're drinking and taking drugs are no really longer the things that you necessarily enjoy when you're you've got your sober self it was important for me to maintain the balance of having these two elements of my life so I could very much still lead the life with my friends who I very much love but still feel supported by other people that understood me and my journey and really got it I suppose and also I was just very honest with people it was just like you know I'm not drinking anymore and I feel so much better and I'd really appreciate it if if you would support me and we could do things that didn't revolve around alcohol or that you would come for an alcohol free cocktail with me or whatever it was I was very um upfront and honest about my choice with my friends Hurt to Healing has partnered with Brown Advisory to bring you this podcast Brown Advisory a global investment management firm is passionate about raising awareness of mental health challenges in order to help people thrive in an ever-changing world A big thank you to Brown Advisory for supporting my mission. So, Emily, will you tell us about Sober and Social and why you decided to start it and what it does? I was working in a nightlife role in London at the time when I got sober. I knew that I didn't want to have to compromise my life in any capacity, let alone my social life. And I was already going around and having different conversations with bars and nightclubs and private members clubs in London. And it got me thinking, I was like, I still want to go to all of these places and I still want to have really nice drinks and meet people. Like I very much still enjoy those things. And at the time there wasn't really um, anyone else kind of doing alcohol-free events. There are a few people that have popped up, but nothing like there is now. And I was like, oh, I want to create that because I still want to go do do these things. So really that's where Sober and Social was born from. And so for listeners who think that this sounds really appealing, what does Sober and Social entail? As a member of Sober and Social, what can one expect? So they will be probably in a nice bar like recently we did uh, last Saturday we did a party at the box actually we've done bar crawls we've done yoga brunches we've done you know just walks in coffee 
We've done cocktail making masterclasses. I also go into businesses and brands and do different workshops around hangover free living, mindful drinking, being sober curious, those elements to help create a less um, boozy work culture and to help normalize not drinking within businesses. I think it's so key for like, you know, motivation, productivity, actually having some like social awareness of your employees mental health and alcohol needs to always be a part of that conversation as far as I'm concerned and then I do my one-to-one coaching as well which I trained in many different courses if you want to know where my alcohol unhealthy behavior has gone it's gone into um, courses and trainings (laughs) I mean if anyone listening they'd be like oh my god she's the most overqualified sort of accomplished young woman there is out there Um, incredibly impressive so yeah I really commend you for what you're doing thank you and also you know I just want to pinpoint as well like with sober and social like it's very much anyone that wants to make a positive change is welcoming and it's not like oh you're not sober enough or your your journey isn't bad enough or whatever it is like wherever you are at um you are welcome to come to an event to come to our monthly online check-in come to a workshop whatever it might be I do think wherever you're at there's always real value in making um a change around your consumption with alcohol and something you've identified in former interviews is having things in your diary that actually encourage the behavior that you're trying to manifest which Mm -hmm. again is something that's really helped me so for you it was being able to say okay actually I don't want to drink tonight why do I not want to drink because I've got an exercise class book tomorrow morning and taking the proactive step of booking that exercise class then knowing that actually I don't really want to feel shitty and my alarm's going to go and I'm going to waste 25 quid if I don't get up and go to that class and actually I know that that class is going to leave me buzzing all day whereas just having those few drinks tonight is going to leave me feeling horrendous tomorrow Mm -hmm. it's again having that foresight and the ability to say yeah that's how I know my mind works and and therefore I've got to put in slight obstacles and also reward a reward system that reinforces behavioral change yeah and also you know if you are in a really negative cycle like it's okay to reach out for help like it's okay to go to your GP it's okay to go and reach out and get some like specialist form of therapy it's okay to speak to a friend and say that you're concerned or a family member and I do really want to advocate for that side of things as well because I think it can be a very lonely space to be in when you feel like I I know that I'm in this cycle I can't get out of it and it feels like no one really understands me so if there is anyone listening that feels in that helpless space as well just to know that you know just take that first step reach out to someone and whether that is a medical professional or just telling a friend or a family member that is a really valuable first step and there's nothing to be ashamed of and it's a really empowering brave and inspirational thing to do to say actually do you know what I I need a bit of help and you know I don't want anyone to feel like that's not available to them because reaching out to someone somewhere is always available and it's a really important step to take if you do feel in that really difficult space. Totally. And it's the judgment and the shame. I think there's also that mindset when you are really struggling and thinking, oh my God, how is everyone else just so perfect and got their life on track? And yet here I am struggling away in this mess. You know, I also want to caveat that with actually, I've had some of my most mentally challenging moments in my sobriety of my life because I didn't have anything to reach 
to an escape from and I've really had to navigate my own mental health so deeply in my sobriety journey and so again if you're on your sobriety journey and you're thinking oh no I'm still not feeling great or whatever like, that's also okay as well like all of these things can coexist together but what I would say is you know choosing sobriety and not to drink is that there's always the opportunity and availability for that to change and for you to feel better whereas I think when we're stuck using alcohol and drugs you're just stuck in a spiral that is constantly not making you feel better and so it's like either way it's really tricky but I believe staying on the alcohol free path gives you the opportunity and the availability for things to get better and to move forward even if that's in a really small way whereas staying stuck with alcohol and drugs might be a temporary kind of block but actually we're just kind of staying stuck in those cycles um so just anyone else that's on the other side of the coin that might be struggling with sobriety as well I also hear you and see you because I know from my own experience that can also be really challenging Emily what does your coaching then your one-on-one coaching entail with your clients so I do two different types I do like um, an initial session where people can just book in um, as and when they want and then I also do like a longer term 12 week coaching package which really for the first six weeks kind of like explores the drinking side of things like you know creating a life without alcohol if you like and then the last kind of six weeks is more like life coaching so anything else that they want to bring to the table um a lot of the time when you know we start to get sober or indeed people will come to me and they're already sober but they're just finding it really difficult to like re-navigate themselves and like identify as this new person and manage their relationship with their partner or navigate their friendships or you know they're dealing with their own internal issues about how they feel about themselves like there's so many things that come up when we start this journey so it's really helping people re-navigate themselves as well as helping them in a safe space figure out their relationship with alcohol and helping them move forward you know and and it could be people want to cut down it could be people don't want to drink at all again it's up to whatever they need at the time Um, and I also do work with kind of medical professionals so if people need to be referred to someone else to make sure that they are getting like the right treatment and and the right care so I'm not a trained doctor or therapist I'm very much in the coaching realm where I help people move forward get them to fall back in love with themselves and their life again and now re-navigate who they are um it's a really powerful process and it's a really beautiful process and I honestly feel so grateful that I'm able to take people on that journey and you know get them to live their life that, that they love essentially away from alcohol and drugs it's incredible it's a complete journey of self-discovery and you must it's like a rebirth as we've spoken about before yeah that's the best way to use it emily you've been an absolute joy to talk to and you continue to do just phenomenal work and thank you so much for for creating sober and social because i think it's obviously helping an incredible number of people and i can't wait to come to one of your events you need to come i will 100 percent. thank you Thank you for listening to this episode of Healing 101. Just a reminder that if you're struggling or in need of someone to talk to, please remember to text SHOUT to 85258.